Okay, this is exciting. Welcome to Steampunk's first, and hopefully first of many, podcasts uh, behind the beans. Um, I am the host at the moment. I think the host will be changing throughout the recordings that we do, but my name is Peter, one of the uh, employees of Steampunk Coffee, and today on our sofa, our fabulous podcasting guesty sofa, um, we have the founder, Kath, of Steampunk Coffee, and also the head roaster, Rachel. And I think we wanted to take this opportunity to just do a little introduction to how steampunk coffee came about uh what we're about and going forward what these recordings and conversations might look like and i think kath yourself you posted asking for questions from our lovely customers who yeah I, I reached out on instagram to yeah. our, um, the people who follow us on that and I asked what sorts of questions they'd like us to talk mm. about at the podcast. And we got we got some we got some really nice answers. Obviously we got a few repeats but we we're just gonna run through them and see how this goes and have a wee chat about them I guess. So the first question is kinda maybe you want to explain Kath the origin story and how your interest in coffee began um, and obviously you had your van uh, Mavis sure. you might want to talk about that yeah so steampunk began in uh, 2012 with uh, Mavis the camper van he's a she's a 1976 Volkswagen um, Westphalia camper van um, where we started going around to events festivals markets things like that um, bringing coffee and cake, making espresso from the back of the van. Um, and that moved into, quite quickly, into roasting coffee, uh, which was done from my garage at the time here in North Berwick. Um, and then uh, a few pop-up cafes that we did here in North Berwick. First of all, in a, a 1950s upcycled kind of furniture place. Uh, and then also we did a little pop-up at the North Berwick Museum when it reopened. We set up a little cafe in there. Um, and all of these things were, were great because we very quickly um, found that we just really enjoyed that kind of um, having a bit more of a base. <laughs> the, the thing that was really nice with the business from the beginning was because it was markets and festivals and events and things, it was um, that face-to-face -face interaction with people all the time. Um, and that was always really good good fun making someone a coffee and having them enjoy it and having them come back and having a conversation with them about it um, so having our own space that we could interact with people was really was really important um, and then in 2014 we moved into this fantastic warehouse building here where we could do the roasting and the and we set up a cafe at the time so we could have everything kind of in the same place um, and that was great. I mean, from day one, it was really busy. <laughs> Kath, I have a question. This mm -hmm. is Rachel. Um, I wonder, like, when did you know that you had a viable business? Like, when did you know, <laughs> okay, right, we're going to actually Sometime do this? Sometime next year, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> 
But like, what was that? What was that decision like for you when you decided, okay, I'm gonna just throw myself into this. This is gonna. This is gonna be what I do. I think it's always evolved really incrementally. Um, I had actually uh, worked in a completely different field of work <laughs> before having children, um, and had stopped working kind of temporarily when I when I had my kids and so I'd kind of gotten back into work by running my own business from home I started a baking business um, and that kind of got me into it and then I basically just did like one step after another from that I kind of you know earned money from the baking business saved it up you know built it that wee bit bigger mm -hmm. and um, it was just kind of like just one little step after another to then start doing the cakes and coffees from the van and then to start, you know, then there was a bit of investment obviously with buying a roaster and having it in, in my garage. Um, but everything has been really kind of incremental and then built up once we've kind of, once we've kind of like built up the capital, you know, to, to then do the next step. So. Does it feel like a long time ago since you're roasting in your garage and yeah, driving really, the van to it really does feel like a lifetime ago now i think um my interest in coffee i think was the other part of the question yeah which i was going to ask you too rachel if you want to yeah um, i mean um because i've been around for a while my interest in coffee was like before specialty coffee really um i grew up in the states and uh my earliest fondest memories uh of just hanging out, you know, as a young person was, um, you know, going to diners in the States, like really gritty <laughs> kind of Unlimited refills. Yep, the, the bottomless cup, the, the waitress that would just walk, just prowl around with the, you know, the, the glass kind of pitcher of coffee and just keep filling you up and, you know, your grilled cheese sandwich with the dill pickle on the side and the nougat hide booth and the you know the coffee and so yeah really happy memories but really dreadful coffee <laughs> from what I can remember um so yeah coffee's always been a very kind of you know part of part of my life um but then I remember my very first moment of understanding something different about coffee and it was in a second wave establishment I think I can say the name in a positive way so yeah. uh, Starbucks yeah. <laughs> in DC I remember going to a Starbucks and having a cup of Ethiopian Harar that was like the oh my god there's this Ethiopian coffee I'm gonna try this Harar and it was just mind-blowing you know i was like that doesn't taste like folgers crystals you know <laughs> like what is this stuff and i for the first time i realized that coffee w could be something different it wasn't just something that you knocked back and went oh okay i'm awake now you know it was it was something that to be enjoyed could be really interesting and coffees could be different from each other mm. um yeah so long time ago that <laughs> What about yourself, Rachel? I mean, as a roaster, what's, has there been a moment where you were, have you always been interested in coffee? Like, how's that, how's that kind of, your um, interest in coffee no, developed? No, I wasn't a coffee drinker until I actually started roasting coffee. Um, my first job was at a, um, one of the first specialty coffee companies in the UK, Monmouth Coffee in London. And I, I had just moved to London. I was starting my master's degree and I needed a job because I didn't have any money. So I applied at a coffee shop, Monmouth, and started working on the till. And then um, shortly after that, the job of um, the roasting 
the head roaster needed an apprentice to fill in part time. And so I apprenticed in the roastery um, because mainly because I'm not really a people person. So I'm a lot more comfortable uh, working behind the scenes um, and not having to be customer facing. So, um, so yeah, I, my first cup of specialty coffee was at my interview for that job. And um, because I started my roasting apprenticeship so soon after starting working there, I really did learn to love specialty coffee uh, simultaneously while I was learning to roast it and, um, and loved it from the get-go. But, um, but yeah, I had never had any experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so part of my job is to taste all the coffee that we roast, um, and so the um, what we do is called cupping. So basically, we prepare the coffee um, and and then and then and then taste each batch. We're, this is maybe a good time to point out that actually we're holding our first virtual cupping uh, in early October. And mm -hmm. um, if anybody's interested in doing a cupping at home, the only bit of equipment you really do need to have is some kind of is a coffee grinder because mm -hmm. you have you receive the beans. Um, but have a look on our website, and Rachel's going to be leading uh, a cupping uh, via Zoom. Mm -hmm. uh, Which there's already people. people part of, like people have already. Yeah, people mm -hmm. have already signed up. Um, so Spaces that, are that limited. Really fun. Yeah. <laughs> so jump on it. Obviously, things have changed with COVID and how we run, how you run the business and what we use the space for. Um, and we thought it would be a good opportunity because, quite rightly, we're asked often when we're opening back up. I know. Today we've had people sitting outside, which has mm -hmm. been really nice, and um, kind of wanted to. So someone wanted to know uh, how we've changed and what our plans are for the future, and uh, how do we continue to involve the community um, and get them more involved in mm -hmm. the beautiful space that steampunk is. I mean, you can hear the seagulls mm -hmm. like probably in this recording. It's it's super lovely. Yeah. So. Well, how about if I talk a little bit about like that general business side, and then Rachel, you can talk a little bit about like the coffee side mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, the really at the core of what we do. I mean, even right back as I was saying from when I started with with festivals and markets was that interaction with people, and you know the the thing that I love about coffee is coffee is something that brings people together whether it's like a couple of people meeting to have a cup of coffee and have a chat over it or whether it's um, by creating a space like coffee shops are often referred to as like a third space you know there's increasingly like there's a lack of public spaces that aren't owned by someone okay so our space is owned obviously by us but it is also a space where it can be used by people in the in the community um, and that's something we explored quite a bit over the years with Steampunk, having all kinds of different events here, whether it was like some young local bands that have played here, and we've had uh, people out, we've had parties, uh, we've done things like a group kind of cooking and eating things. Um, and it, they've not just been like things for money. We've, we've done things like potluck where people all bring some food and we all get together, you know, and it's, it's really been about kind of using that space for a multitude of different kind of, in a multitude of, of different ways. 
obviously just now, like with COVID, we've been really restricted. We feel really, well, we feel restricted and we're restricting ourselves as well. I mean, cafes can open inside spaces now, but um, our main consideration like throughout this has always been like keeping our community safe, but also keeping our team safe. And we have had regular conversations as a team about it. Um, and been trying to judge like all of our comfort, you know, levels and what we feel is is safe. And though, yes, places are able to open. We feel that in our space, um, there are certain difficulties with using the space as a general kind of cafe at the moment with the need for physical distancing. So we've been keen to try to explore different ways that we can do this um so i mean the podcast is is one example we're trying to explore ways that we can do virtual kind of get-togethers um the the cupping uh, online and then we're looking at a host of other events like that um we are also looking at um offering some workspace up here i mean in in the past we've we've always had a lot of people who've come here to do you know, work from home, or we have a lot of self-employed people. So um, we've created little kind of pods where people can, can work. So this, for example, is one where one person could come and work. And we think that we can do that in a safe way where we could have, you know, up to six people up here in separate areas, uh, completely distanced, working for the session. Um, so we're just trying to be kind of creative about how we're using the space and, and explore different ways of, of doing it. Um, like you said, Pete, we've got some outdoor tables now, uh, so people can sit outside. And then moving on later in the year, we're gonna look at, we, we have to, for downstairs, we really have to do a bit of building and, and restructuring of that area, because the bar takes up the whole of, <laughs> of the downstairs. Um, and the rest we've spread a bit with, the roasters have colonized the downstairs space. Yeah, we're taking over. <laughs> Um, so we need to rework that space before we can really safely have people inside. And then in terms of um, the roastery and as a business, as a, as a business in general, what we found, obviously we, in terms of kind of the pie that is the revenue pie, um, you know, our wholesale and our um, cafe business dried up completely in March. We just, people were not sitting in and drinking coffee in cafes. So we couldn't sell coffee to other cafes to make for other customers, and we weren't doing that here ourselves. So what happened was we really did a big push for, um, on web orders for people to buy coffee to brew at home. Um, and we saw a huge outpouring of support. I mean, the customers... It was my first really moment where I realized, wow, there is a loyal customer base mm -hmm. for Steampunk. I, I was just astounded at the number of orders. I mean, we got more orders in a two-week period in March than we did in it, over over the Christmas period the year before. Mm. I mean, it was just yeah, shocking. It was incredible. We were just, we were, our heads were spinning. So, um, so we realized really quickly we needed to change the way we were operating in the roastery and we needed to really um, improve our workflows and make sure that we were being really efficient and using our time really efficiently. Um, and um, at the same time, we were improving our packaging. So all of the packages that were going out um, through Royal Mail were looking really um, 
spiffy and um, you know we've really tightened up a lot as a team in the roastery um, it's myself and um, Ludvika who is um, the production roaster um, and we're really like a, a well-oiled machine now at this mm. point um, we can put out a lot of parcels every single week mm. um, and so we're focusing a lot on web orders and also subscriptions because if you're going to be working from home if you're going to be in your home all the time then why should you have to worry about ordering coffee every single time you run out um, you should just show up at your door and you shouldn't have to think about it um, so we've really beefed up our subscription service to provide that um, for customers um, and it's it's been really successful I'm really um, amazed at you know how we've been able to be really agile and make it work. Mm -hmm. Do you want to maybe explain what the subscriptions look like and how they yeah, work? Yeah, sure. So we have two products. Well, we technically have three, but you have to email me to get the decaf. Mm -hmm. um, so the main two products are called the Essential Subscription and the Explorer Subscription. The Essential Subscription is just for people who need, need who just want the same coffee reliably every single morning and they need it to get up and, and and make their morning right. So uh, generally that is our, um, it's, it's been a Brazilian coffee for at least the last 12 months, but it won't always be from Brazil, but it will always have the same flavor profile. It will be um, really full bodied and rich and nutty and chocolatey um, and a pretty easy drink, drinking brew um, and, and really easy to make in any method as well. That's important. Um, and then there's the Explorer subscription, which is more like a Roaster's Choice subscription. That's, uh, that changes monthly, and um, it's going to be coffees from all around the world, including Africa. Um, so it includes some of our more high-quality, expensive coffees um, and for people who want to um, learn more about specialty and try all the different things we have to offer. It's something that I'm quite interested in to go back to what you were saying, Rachel, about in two weeks you had more subscriptions and orders of coffee than you did for the whole of last year's Christmas. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does that make you guys feel in terms of that, like, I mean, some businesses have gone gone under, you know, mm -hmm. like... And Every day I wake up and I'm, I'm, I feel fortunate mm -hmm. to have a job, let mm -hmm. alone one that I absolutely love mm -hmm. yeah. going yeah. and doing. It's just remarkable. I mean, I, we've landed on our feet. Yeah. Um, so far, so good. Yeah. Um, we're, we're lucky. The business has always been very, um, what's the way, best way of putting it, um, diverse uh, in that it's not, we, we've never had all of our eggs in one basket. You know, we're, we, we have the cafe side, but equally we have the roasting side. So we have the wholesale side, but equally we have the website where we, directly can sell to customers. Mm -hmm. um, we also, and this mustn't be underestimated, we have a fantastic team of people who are super like creative and smart and, and enthused and like just have, have such diverse skills and are willing to tap into those. So like what we're doing now is we're just kind of thinking outside the box. We're mm -hmm. We're thinking, okay, we have these skills, we can do these things, we can, you know, and this is exciting for us, like, we, we can break out of any kind of rut, and we can kind of explore things that we love to do, whether it's like, podcasts, music, you know, films, <laughs> I'm pointing to all the talented guys in this room. Um, and with the coffee side, 
you know, we really want to, there's so much, like Rachel and I have had so many conversations in the last couple of years about how we really want to have conversations about, I mean, coffee and specialty coffee is such a great lead into conversations about justice, about mm -hmm. like trade, about climate change, environmental, mm -hmm. about sustainability. Um, equality mm -hmm. issues. Which is all stuff that we want so to talk many about. Big, exactly. And I think that when you have a solid foundation of support of people who aren't judgmental and who will just unconditionally, you know, just be cool, then you are willing, more willing to take risks. You know, you're more willing to put your neck out there and, um, and make a crazy suggestion or, <laughs> you know. You gotta watch because we'll probably do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you wanna watch that so you don't suggest something too crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's kind of just one of the questions that was on here. Maybe we want to just talk a little bit about brewing. I think we are gonna, as Rachel said, it's probably gonna be a segment in in podcasts yeah, it's to come. a big topic <laughs> but for for you two maybe you just want to talk about your favorite coffees at, at the moment and your favorite brewing styles just personally just. okay so i did a little practice cupping with rachel uh last night you know for this uh, event we're doing just to check all the tech and everything i haven't actually cupped coffee for about six months now i mean usually it would be part of every day for me but now because of covid and us not being able to like slurp from the same cups and things now rachel and ludvika do these big elaborate cuppings but there's not really a point in all the work of setting up a whole other cupping you know just for, so I haven't really been cupping coffees for a while and um, I've obviously been drinking them <laughs> but um, yeah I just I, I've been drinking the Peruvian the Herminio Ramirez um, because I drink mainly filter and we have that here and oh my god I love that coffee so much mm. it is so sweet and just yeah, I just think that coffee's amazing. Mm, um, it is. From the from the first slurp, I fell in love. Yeah. <laughs> I did. No, I, I got, I got the sample, and I, I just immediately emailed the importer and said, we need this coffee. Yeah. I want I want it. Because, and I didn't talk to anybody else on the yeah. team about it. I just went ahead and bought it because <laughs> I was so did. certain that and it I've was fantastic. It. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an awesome coffee, and, and it's really nice because it's from a, a project um, that Falcon Coffees, who's one of the importers that we've worked with really since day one, since setting up the roasting, um, they, they have a project in Peru where they're working with a group of producers trying to improve the the qualities of the coffees and, and therefore improve like the you know the earnings uh, for for these farmers so um, yeah it's it's really um, it's a great coffee I like to I actually don't make coffee at home that often because I'm here almost every day so I just get my coffee here so I'm kind of lazy that way but if I do have um, a day off and I'm making pancakes or something I have a mocha master and I've shared it on Instagram many times but um, I like to make my coffee in that um, yeah so that's kind of how I how I do it at home um, choosing a favorite coffee is like asking me to choose a favorite child it's not really fair it's not a fair question <laughs> at all I have to say that because we have had to streamline everything and be really careful about wastage, we now offer fewer coffees than we used to. So the ones that we do offer, we 
we we really love. We we off, we're absolutely certain that they're fantastic and um, can really get behind them. So um, the one that I love right now is a Colombian um, that I'm going to pronounce the name. I'm sure. Uh, incorrectly but I think it's called Wanambu um, and that's a it's actually a canyon Wanambu Canyon in Colombia but um, the coffee is named after the landmark uh, near where it's grown so uh, I love the coffee because it's just really well balanced and it's got the richness and fullness of a typical Colombian but the acidity is really really just sparkling and fine it's really um, just beautifully balanced and sweet um, and I tend to make a Kalita at home because it's honestly, I think it's the best way to make coffee. You get more flavors than any other way. Um, but if I'm really being real, it's also the easiest thing to clean. Um, I, it's, you just throw the filter in the bin and the compost and then you just like rinse it out in the sink. Yeah, I mean, I had a customer email me last week and say, do you sell fair trade coffee? And that is a whole can of worms we're going to open mm -hmm. up and mm -hmm. look at a little bit more closely. Yeah. Um, understanding certifications like fair trade and mm -hmm. understanding the economics around coffee. And there's a mm -hmm. coffee price crisis going on right now. Farmers are not being paid enough for what they're producing. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's um, all kinds of other challenges facing um, the coffee industry that we, we're going to talk about, like mm -hmm. climate change and... Um, uh, urbanization and um, uh, what was the other thing we were going to talk about? Well, I mean, this, the coffee supply chain is yeah. very much weighted towards like the benefit of the global north, you know, as yeah. opposed it's to the social justice piece. So yeah, there's there's all of all of that. I mean, we can look at kind of you know gender issues in, in coffee production mm. as well. I mean, there's so many different interesting things bigger things that we can look at through the lens of coffee mm -hmm. and I mean yeah these things are all interrelated but because coffee is our our thing we can look at them through through that coffee lens yeah. um, quite quite interesting we've I one of the things I've really loved with lockdown I, I've kind of said to a few people I think it's almost like we've gone through like a collective midlife crisis a bunch of us you know and we've kind of had all that time the, the, those of us who are I, really feeling the privilege here about being in a situation of lockdown I mean I, I personally I, I was only in lockdown kind of really for a couple of weeks <laughs> and then you know did the recipe book and we were obviously busy here with roasting and shipping and all of that so um, lockdown was pretty short for us but nevertheless was still a thing that enabled a lot of time to think about what we're doing, why, evaluating what's important, evaluating like how we can do better, like what's the purpose behind what we do, all things that I think as a business we have always looked at, but always in a kind of harried and, you know, kind of busy mm. way. And and we had that we pause button, like people said it's cliche, but you know, we've we've had this pause button where we can think for a moment about exactly how we want to move forward and choose maybe some different ways of doing mm -hmm. things that are maybe give us the opportunity to look at things more in depth and less kind of casually because so much in our society is so kind of like quick and shallow and 
you know, maybe actually we all would benefit from slowing down and trying to do things in a bit more depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, I mean, I can take it back to a really, um, a really practical logistical thing, an example that, for instance, if I need to, if I know I need to buy coffee and I know I need to have these greens in next week, then I'm just going to, I'm going to make that decision based on a certain number of parameters. You know what I mean? But because things have slowed down and we're buying less coffee, we're selling less coffee overall, um, it gives me a minute to think, wait a minute, you know, am I paying a fair price for this coffee? Mm-hmm. What is my relationship to the coffee supply mm-hmm. chain? Mm-hmm. And, and is, you know, where, do, where exactly does this come from? And were the people who produced it treated fairly? And, um, you know, mm-hmm. think a little bit more carefully about what we're doing and why, mm-hmm. instead of just thinking, I need this coffee now, so I'm going to mm-hmm. order it. Mm-hmm. You know? just, I, just even reducing the amount of coffees we sell at any one time to like the three you know Mm -hmm. plus the decaf that um that's had an impact so instead of thinking oh we really should have a kenyan on offer you know at the moment because it's kind of the season for new kenyan we're Mm -hmm. we're more thinking well actually you know we only have three coffees Mm -hmm. so what is our you know favorite in season coffee what are what are we going to be offering this month um and it yeah i think sometimes less is more and then we we're just, you know, we can be more focused on kind of the quality of, of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think I think this year, this combination of all these things that are not new things, I mean, it's just, I mean, obviously COVID is a very new situation for us, but the the culmination of so many things that have been wrong for so long and the, the, um, the Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, um, struggle just at, at that tail end of COVID, you know, the fact that these things all happened kind of at the same time, kind of focused. And I, and I think that was happening at a, at a time that people had already been thinking about, you know, um, these, these bigger issues and, and purpose and, and things. Mm-hmm. I, I think that everything's kind of like stacked on top of it. Mm-hmm you know, each yeah, other this it's year. It's not like we didn't know that coffee was a colonial, yeah, you know, no, a colon- a, something that was yeah. originated through colonialism, but now we're actually looking down, sitting down and looking at it, yeah. you know? Yeah, and like, like I said, it's a conversation we've had over the years, many times, and, and with a kind of like, it's, but it's such a big topic, but, you know, and, and, and yes, we've always just worked with a small number of importers and, you know, we have always had as our criteria that the, the coffee is, you know, being bought fairly and it's part of projects that are, you know, doing things correctly. And we, but like, we need to like dig deeper in, mm-hmm. in how that's all being done and understand mm-hmm. it better and have the time to do those, mm-hmm. um, Ask and more not questions. just kind of exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is something we'll hopefully chat about on these on these podcasts in future podcasts. Absolutely. But we're also we're saying really that we wanted to uh, importantly like get the customers involved and yeah. um, as these just these initial questions were ones that was sent in yeah. uh, through the Instagram. So people, if they want to send questions, they can yeah. reach us on the email or the instagram at steampunk coffee 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we have that kind away. of that idea of the things that we want to, to cover, but yeah. those are the things that we think are interesting, we think would be worth covering. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you guys have some burning questions out there, um, we would be more than happy to talk about them. And and it's not just going to be us talking. I think we're hoping to also have conversations with other people we know in the industry who, mm-hmm. you know, have, have experts really in their field. Interesting, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you want to send in a question, you can email us at um, roast at steampunkcoffee.co.uk or just do a direct message to either of the Instagram accounts. We've got a steampunk coffee, at yeah. steampunk coffee, and at steampunk roast yeah is my one yeah yeah at steampunk coffee it's all about the dogs and the morning walks and, and the cookies the cookies and what i ate for dinner last night and at steampunk roast it's about coffee it's about <laughs> the roasting machine and yeah, it's more geeky technical yeah. stuff and then your cup with us event rachel is happening on the Sunday the 4th of October? Sunday the 4th of October, 10 a.m. And you get everything, everything that you need sent to you, including one of our very funky steampunk tote bags. I know. I would do it just for the tote I'm just, bag. I'm just yeah, reading this from the Instagram. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'll be hopping on yeah. that for sure. There is a deadline for signing up, though. There and is. And I don't know, did we put that in the website? No, we didn't. Mm. This We're going to do that. <laughs> That's going to go on the website. Heads <laughs> up. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Because we need to send out all the stuff. Yeah, so do it sooner rather than later. Yeah. And also and there's also a limited, limited number numbers. of spots. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for you. this initial thank chat. You, and Peter. thank you, Cameron, for recording and Toby for filming. <laughs> and uh, keep sending in your questions. Thank you for the initial questions for the people that sent them in. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Enjoyed guys. it.